Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Just a Tad on the DTF Podcast. My name is Sam Norton, and you are an illustrious listener and lover of the podcast. And I am glad that you are back. We are going to talk about a magical, mystical, mythical man. His name is the amazing Jonathan. That's what we're dissecting tonight. Uh, a magician isk, a comedian isk, a entertainer isk. Uh, no, I would say a practical joker, and he would say that as well. Uh, now, if you guys don't know who Amazing Jonathan is, he's a comedian magician that's been around since early '80s. Uh, came to prominence mainly in the late '80s, early '90s, and then got really big in the the late '90s. And moved out to Vegas and has had a comedy show, like a very successful comedy show, out in Vegas for the last 20 years. Uh, he, over the last few years, has had a little off and on struggle with health. Uh, that has kind of kept him, kept him on the bench a little bit, but he's gone back. Uh, he uh, performs at the Harmon Theater uh, uh, in Vegas, and so if you guys want to try to catch him, I think he's still out there. Uh, the last that I know was back in 2011, but I think he's I think he's gone back. He does he does tour around a little bit, so you can maybe catch him then. Um, now, Amazing Jonathan, let's get into him. A uh, little backstory before we get into his comedy. He was born in Detroit, Michigan in 1958, but he began as a performer, as an entertainer. He moved out to San Francisco and began uh, street performing in the late 70s and early 80s and turned, like, he went from street performing and then turned clubs because back then clubs became a boom. And so he took his street act, started moving it in, uh, into the clubs and lounges and shit. Now, he was a regular magician for the longest time. Started incorporating comedy. And he had, in his words, he had a lot of macabre tricks that, uh, you know, were a little... Uh, he wasn't... He wasn't anything to write home about. He was able to do magic in, uh, in a professional manner, in a... Uh, adequate manner but uh, in the world of entertainment you got to be better than adequate so he slowly and surely and steadily moved his comedy uh more to the forefront and all of his macabre tricks kind of fell to the wayside and became more of a stand-up comedian uh he got so good that in his uh first show in la he got uh, recognized and they are not recognized. He got uh, kind of swept up into the comedy entertainment machine that was the 1980s and thrown onto his first HBO Young Comedian special and got a Letterman appearance out of his first show in LA. He was in San Francisco, made well, and was like, ah, I'm going to go out to LA and see if I can make anything of this, and got an HBO Young Comedians and Letterman. That's insane. That's how amazing he is. Huh? You like that? Amazing. Um, he, uh, he was a single act for the longest time and was in and out of uh, Las Vegas, and when he was in Vegas, he was backstage at a show and met his uh, perfect, perfect comedic assistant. Every magician needs an assistant. Every comedic magician, I think, also needs an assistant to placate that cliche and uh, have a that tongue-in-cheek relationship where you 
make fun of comedy, right? And so he has a psychic assistant named Penny Wiggins. Uh, the character is a horrible psychic, uh, terrible comic, and even more, she's worse than any, any one of her other terrible talents. She's an even worse assistant. So he just uh, abuses her uh, as, uh, as his assistant. Magician-assistant relationship is supposed to be built off of respect and uh, trust. And they, uh, they break down that relationship by him just fucking demolishing her at any chance he can get, both verbally and physically. Uh, which makes uh, AJ smarter and more sympathetic to his... Uh, his practical jokes. Her, her real name is AJ, by the way. Uh, but her stage name is uh, Penny Wiggins. And uh, so, yeah, she's she's this lovable goofball. And he, he just fucking uh, <laughs> just attacks her all the time. Uh, we're not going to we're not going to see a set with her involved. Uh, if you want to, you can check out his Comedy Central Presents special that he recorded in, I believe, two th- early 2000s. Uh, what we're going, we're going to focus on Amazing Jonathan today, just him, when he was a when he was a singles act towards the beginning of his career and before he moved out to Vegas. Um, he uh, he he plays with the tropes and cliches of magic so much it ceases to be magic and go more into the realm of practical jokes. I found this clip from one of my favorite shows back in the 90s. Uh, It's called Lounge Lizards. It was a Comedy Central show to showcase uh, comedians performing in front of a live audience, but it was in the Harris Hotel and Casino. So they were trying to go after a vague since uh, this was back when Comedy Central just played mainly stand-up sets and uh, they were they were trying to have this like old Vegas type feel to the show which is why they were called lounge lizards and so the uh, they brought in a lot of uh, Vegas acts a lot of the times and uh, in the first season uh, they had, uh, Amazing Jonathan. So this was from his 1996 Lounge Lizard set. Uh, we're going to listen to it and see how he he plays with uh, the the tropes of being a magician and how he turns it on its head to become comedy. So we'll listen to it and we'll be right back. Enjoy. How are you? Nice to meet you. Jonathan. Robert. No, Jonathan. Jonathan. And your name is? Robert. Oh, you're Robert. I'm sorry. I thought you were correcting me. I should know my own name. Well, this will be Mike, so there's no confusion. Now, you're drinking some red wine, I see. Ah, God, I love that. (laughs) That's like heroin to a comedian. Not that I've ever tried heroin. Okay, um... Robert and I, we have never met, have we? Uh, no. Okay, you don't have to sound proud of it, Robert. All right? What the hell, are those oranges? I got it two times. I'm sorry, I had to do it. The third one's just a little farther down the line, too, Robert. Robert, button your shirt right. That's three for you, Robert. Three. Okay. 
<laughs> and the fourth one is just a little farther down the line. All right, Robert, make a fist like this, please. This is the trick. Yeah, like this. No, you won't. You don't have to look down. All right, you want to get the fourth one over now? All right, now. All right, like you're mad, kind of a fist. No, that's happy. That's a happy. Yeah, all right. That's mad. This is happy. All right. Use this fist. It feels like someone else. <laughs> you ever try that? Uh, every once in a while. Every once in a while. As if, yeah, every day. Now, Robert, two fists. It's like a, a double date. Good. Now, how many wings are on an eagle, Robert? Uh, two. two. Yes, good, good. I'll help you when the questions get hard. All right. Now, how many wings do you see now? Still two. Good, good. Yes, good. Now, I'm going to place this on one of your fists. Random choice. I could have put it here, but I didn't. Oh. I put it here, which proves it's a random choice. <laughs> All right. Now, Robert, I want you to put down one of your fists. It doesn't matter which one, but figure it out so that we don't have to pick up the 20. <laughs> yeah, good. All right. Now, Robert. Shut up, it was a friendly kiss. Friendly kiss, no commitments. All right, oh, you want to get that? No. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> All right, now. I just kissed you on the mouth. You're bending over in front of me. Give me the 20. All right, now. No, that's okay. We're going to do the trick first. Now, you see any strings or wires attached to the 20? Not yet. Is there anything here? Not yet. Is there anything here? No. Nope. All right, now. They'll tell you on the way home. Now, watch what happens when Robert says wings as loud as he can three times. Go. Wings, wings, wings. Hello? <laughs> I just kid. That's a joke. It's a telephone. You said wing, wing, wing. <laughs> Hello? It's a joke, Robert. Okay. No, that's okay. I'll do something later that's not a joke, and then you can compare the two. All right. Wings three times, and here's the real trick. Go. Wings, wings, wings. They call back. <laughs> that kills me. All right, now. Now. Say wings. No, I'm just kidding around. Watch this. Here's the real trick. It's an illusion. <laughs> Unless I can't fix it. Then it's a reality. But I'm going to fix it by placing the pieces in his hand. Sprinkling what we call magic dust over the ripped pieces. All right. All right, that was amazing, Jonathan, uh, in his 1996 Lounge Lizard set. Uh, just fucking. Oh, God. Taking that man that was definitely not. Uh, now, the, the man who he had as an assistant that he brought up on stage, um, I wanted you guys to listen to it having um, a theater of mind without me saying anything. Because a lot of his ga uh, uh, gags and stuff, I, I had a hard time finding a clip to kind of showcase what he did without it being completely based on... The physical and actually seeing it and I think this did a good job now there were some jokes where you're like what the fuck is going on all you can hear is uh, you know folly work and silly uh, silly noises and stuff uh, but this showcase what he does on a micro level not only to his assistant now Penny Wiggins but what he 
does to anybody he pulls out of the audience and what he does to the audience in general as a comedian. Um, with magicians, uh, you're, uh, the, the whole thing is that you're supposed to create this illusion of reality, right? And the weird thing is, whenever you go into a magic act, the, uh, the assumption is that you're going to be tricked. And so they have to create the reality to then make the trick uh, worth it. You know, you got to, you got to, you, whenever you go into a magic act as an audience member, the, the main trick, in, in my estimation, the main trick is not to see, uh, not to see the trick, the punchline, right? Like, oh, he turned that dove into a lion, right? Um, the main trick is creating the illusion that what you're seeing is real. That's the main thing. Because you go in already thinking like, okay, he's going to do some weird shit. Uh, but you got to create the illusion that, uh, what you saw was magic, right? And there's a lot of theater. There's a lot of perspective. I've, I've watched a lot of magic where it's like, you know, you see it from the back, the, uh, the fucking trick doesn't work. But if you see it from the right angle from the front, then yeah, it works. And a lot of magic acts, especially theater acts like David Copperfield and shit like that, their seats are placed as strategically as the fucking stage in uh, props are placed. Like, it's it's all about creating not the illusion of the trick. It's about creating the illusion of a reality to then flip it and show you the trick. Whereas what I think Amazing Jonathan did best, and I don't know if anybody... I, I was going to actually throw Penn and Teller into this, and the more and more I looked at it, I'm like, no, Penn and Teller are magicians who are very funny. Amazing Jonathan is on his own, and I, I've seen a lot of comedy acts, and they're all magicians who are funny. Amazing Jonathan is a comedian who knows how to do magic. Which is why he plays the tropes and it turns less from a magic act into almost a prank show. Um, and I think that's very meta because he's being so funny and confident. People are trusting him even though he keeps betraying their trust, right? And that's something that I think every magician seeks out to do, right? You create this sense of trust that what they're doing is magic and then they trick you a trick is playing off that trust that you set up with the, with the audience but what he does both as a ma magician which is just a flat liar and a comic which is an asshole is he sets up the the punchline and by punchline i mean the the trick right he sets up the reality of you know here's a here's a dove I'm going to turn it into a lion, right? And so you're expecting, all right, I'm going to watch. I'm going to see if you do any. I'm going to try to find the tricks. I see the reality that you're sitting above me, and I know uh, I'm, going to, I'm going to prove that you're not magic, right? And that's what you do. Whenever you're watching a, a magic show, you go, I'm going to prove you're not magic. I'm going to see what the fuck. Uh, I'm going to see you know, uh, a curtain slip. I'm going to see someone's foot come out. I'm going to try to listen for the lion. And then when every, every one of your mental landmines are passed and the trick is performed, you go, all right, 
I actually have no evidence in my brain to prove that you're not magic other than the assumption of reality, which is that you're not magic, right? Whereas Amazing Jonathan, he sets up that exact same thing. I'm going to do this thing. The the turn, what was the prestige or whatever, has those three things. But it's like you, you set up the trick, then you go to turn it. But where Amazing Jonathan goes is he's like, I already know what you're thinking. If I have this dove and I say I'm going to turn it into a lion... If I turn it into a lion, there's nothing funny about that. It's just amazing. Whereas if I say I'm going to turn this dove into a lion, take a half second, and then go, oh, you don't seem impressed. And so he just slaps the dove in between his hands and makes it look like he's killing it and then throws it to the ground. That's fucking hilarious. Because he still performed a magic trick. He just didn't do the one he said he was going to do. And he kind of said, fuck you at the same time. I actually stole a, I'm admitting this, so if you ever see me at a show, uh, the, the, you know exactly where I got it from, uh, but I'll, I'll open up to uh, anybody, I don't give a shit, I stole this from Amazing Jonathan, it's my little homage to him, because I fucking love him, so whenever I dress on stage, I look sharp as shit, in my opinion, I uh, wear a nice button down shirt, I wear pants with a matching vest, a tie, and my little flat boy cap, right? Uh, I think I look great, but uh, I have learned off of both uh, my terrible friends making fun of me and audiences uh, laughing so hard at my jokes when I'm self-deprecating that uh, I open up by saying I look like a gay magician. And uh, now when that gets a big laugh, I'm like, uh, to be honest, I, uh, I do do uh, some magic, or I used to. Uh, I enjoy comedy a little bit more, but I'll, I'll do a magic act, or I'll do a magic trick for you guys. So what I do is I, I take off my uh, my hat and I put my hands under my hat to make it look like I'm gonna pull out something. And all I do is pull the uh, the hat off of my hand and I'm just flipping them the bird. I'm just flipping them off, and saying "fuck you." And I stole that 100% from Amazing Jonathan. He has a little thing he used to do where he put a. Uh, uh, black cloth over the microphone and say that he was going to do an amazing trick and he pulls it off and he's just flipping him off and then he goes back to doing his trick and I was like oh that's a little nice thing I'm gonna I call it homage to him most people will say I'm just stealing it from him either way I don't care because I know it's a it's a little little thing that I know is for amazing Jonathan um he's uh he's amazing but I I barring that my fucking justification of being a, a terrible comic um, what I like about that thing is that says so much about his act. Um, when someone says magic trick, you're expecting a trick, right? <laughs> that's, that's the illusion that you go into. Like, hey, I'm going to play you, I'm going to give you a magic act or magic trick. And you go, okay, you're not expecting them to fuck with you. You're not expecting to just get a prank pulled on you. And that's, what's great about him. He always says fuck you to the audience's expectations. He's constantly pulling the rug out from underneath his own uh, his own trick. And what's great about that is he's very cleverly hiding his own punchlines in those tricks. In pulling the rug out from underneath his own tricks. You think it's a, uh, a failed trick, or you think it's a uh, just a bad magician, but you, you're laughing because it's 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 
turning your expectations. And that's all a joke is, is creating a pattern, then, then uh, moving away from that pattern, right? You create tension by, okay, one, two, and then instead of saying three, you say Z. And that's where you get a joke. You have expectations, then the turn, then the punchline. And what he does is a very meta version of that. He says, all right, I'm going to do magic. Constantly says he's going to do magic and completely keeps pulling the rug out from underneath you. He'll give you a little more soul to go, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. Come here, come here, come here. And then he slaps you again. You're like, no, I'm not going to do this anymore. And then he whines and dines. He's like, I'm just kidding. That that was all a joke. Here, I have I have a bigger morsel for you. Here's a bigger morsel. And then you're like, okay. Okay, but don't slap me. He's like, okay, no, here's a bigger morsel. You hold the morsel in your hand. I'll, I'll tell you when to eat it. And then, before he tells you to eat it, he'll slap you again, right? It's And that's what he was doing with the finger thing. He kept, uh, when he said, I got you once, got you twice in that clip, what he's doing is putting his finger on the dude's chest and just going up to his nose. A, a juvenile joke at best. But when you put it in context that he's telling this guy he's going to do a magic trick and I need your help, and he just keeps fucking with this guy, it's hilarious. It's bordering on being a bully, but it's more like the friend who just doesn't know when to stop, where it's like everybody else is having fun because we're not, uh, we're not the guy being annoyed, whereas the guy being annoyed is like, listen, you're my friend and I'll let this go, but after a certain point, please stop. And he rides that line so razor thin, it's the most impressive part about his act, is he knows how, he gets away with murder where other comedians would be heckled, or uh, people would, uh, you know, not want to volunteer, not even want to participate. Uh, he, he takes control of his audience and takes control of the stage in a way that is so confident and trust-building that I'm surprised he's actually built a career out of it. It's, uh, it, it's, it's a very skillful thing to uh, shit on the audience and make them love the fact that you're shitting on them. Now, he doesn't insult them, right? There's a difference. He's, he's playing practical jokes on them. He's, he's wanting them to play with them. If you're into playing with them, it's the funniest fucking thing in the world. And he has a very good disarming personality and ability where he's confident enough to be loud, boisterous, but he's also empathic enough to kind of grab people, uh, bring them in, say, I'm sorry, hey, let's have fun. He's self-deprecating. He does offshoot shit once it becomes too tense. He, he throughout his whole act, and I think you guys could hear in this... Uh, in this clip, he he does a lot of tug, pull, pulling and pushing of people's trust in him. Where he'll play practical joke, practical joke, make fun of somebody, and then right up to the point where it's like, dude, please stop. He'll go off and do something weird or remind you, hey, this is all in good fun. Like, we're here, I'm an insane person, and we're here to laugh. We're not laughing at you, we're laughing with you, so just have fun. You're part of this. We're, we're, you're part of my insanity right now. And it's, a, it's that razor-thin line. What I also like now, I, I could not find a clip that represented this uh, audibly. It was all visual. Um, you could kind of hear it at the very end, which is what I'll go into. One of my favorite things about him, and you guys may know this from uh, one of the old episodes of Just a Tad, 
with uh, Animaniacs and the Mighty Python episode is I love uh, comedic violence. It is one of the funniest things to me in the world. It's all physical comedy, but whenever someone can do something uh, physical where it's like, holy shit, that's got to hurt, or there's a lot of blood. I like blood, uh, but when I know nobody's getting hurt or know that everybody's okay, that's the funniest thing in the world to me. I am not ashamed to admit I like when someone gets kicked in the balls. It is still funny to me. I know that you can get kicked in the balls to where there's, like, big medical things, so as long as that doesn't happen and all that happens is that, like, oh, you got kicked in the balls, uh, it's still funny to me. Of course, I don't want to be kicked in the balls. It fucking sucks. I've thrown up before, but when I see somebody else, I know that they're going to be okay, it's going to hurt, and it's fucking hilarious, all right? Now, the reason I bring that up is that he takes cartoon violence and puts it up on stage in a way that I have not seen it ever done. He uses magic uh, and the the tropes of kind of gore comedy that I've seen before, where it'll make it look like they stuck a pencil in their eye and there's like blood squirting out and everybody's like, oh my god, that's gore comedy. Or those like circus acts where they put a nail through their tongue and twist their tongue and rip it off. That's gore, not comedy, gore magic. He takes that and does it in a silly way. He introduces violence in order to get to a punchline. One that he does, he did at the very end, it's very visual, so i got to explain it. Uh, he tells him to settle down, I got it, here's some magic dust, and he sniffs his hand. He's alluding that what he pulled out of that jar was cocaine. He then takes that big straw that he says is a wand, taps it, then takes that straw, and then sucks what looks like two gallons of white powder up his nose. Uh, and then he takes the, the straw and then makes it look like he's shoving it up his nose, pulling it out of his ear, then pushing it uh, into his ear and then out of his mouth and up his nose. And so he makes it look like he's just shoving this thing all around his, uh, his body and then screams this most primal scream. He does shit like that all the time. Another one that he does is he takes a drill to his eye and blood squirts out. Uh, I've seen him take a knife, uh, hit it against the uh, the mic stand and go, this is a real knife, like to the whole front row. He's like, this is a real knife, right? You guys agree this is a real knife? You guys don't see any tricks? And they're like, no, it looks like a real knife. And then he goes, all right, explain this. Then stabs his forearm and just has a, an inordinate amount of blood come out of his forearm. And just goes like, oh, is it still real, huh? Do you guys like that? And he's just, <laughs> he's just uh, shitting all over the audience's expectations of what magic is or what a joke is. Like, he's going back and forth. It's a game where he's making the rules up as you play. Uh, he's like a spoiled, he's like a spoiled kid. You go over to his house and you play pretend and he says, no, you can't do that. And then you go, okay, and then he does that later, and you're like, I thought you said we couldn't do that. And he's like, no, you couldn't do that. That's the comedy that he has. Uh, some of my favorite quotes kind of around this is that he says that, uh, this is uh, Amazing Jonathan quoting him saying, I am to magic what John Wayne Gacy was to clowning. Now that's a joke, but I really... Uh, I really get the sense that what he meant by that, in the serious way, other than the hyperbole of making a joke, is that John Wayne Gacy uh, took clowning 
and really ruined it, right? <laughs> Clowning was creepy to some people for a long time. You had creepy clowns and shit like that. Uh, but there was never any evidence of wrongdoing or insanity. And I think that's the same way with magic, right? Magic, there was always the illusion that everything was going to be okay, that uh, they're professionals, that whenever they promise something, they deliver. Whereas, uh, and that's kind of what the clowning thing is like, whenever you hire a clown, you're going to get this innocent dude just trying to entertain kids. Whereas John Wayne Gacy was a clown, and you didn't get an innocent clown. You got a guy who killed people. And uh, <laughs> I think that's what Amazing Jonathan was trying to say, is that he turned magic on his head. He took all the tropes, all the cliches, and fucking flipped him inside out. And apparently when you turn magic inside out, it's comedy. And one of the coolest things I've ever heard him say, and this is what makes me feel like he's more of a comedian than he'll ever be a magician, even though he's a great magician. But he, there was an interview of him where he was saying he loves playing practical jokes. He was talking about uh, turning his macabre magic act more into comedy. And he said that uh, he likes to go from laughs to screams back to laughs in his act, right? And that's, hey, let me let me tell you I'm going to do a magic trick. Oh, it's clearly not a magic trick. So there's the first laugh, right? And then it's he introduces violence or he introduces something completely bizarre to makes you gasp or scream or grunt, right? And then you see that he's okay or we're moving on or something even crazier happens and you go back to a laugh. And he was even quoted in saying, it's easy to get a scream or a, a, a grunt out of an audience, but it's hard to get a laugh. And that made me respect him more than anything else because uh, I think most elite comics, and I'll put myself in there, most comics in general, uh, elite for sure, uh, Louis C.K., Chris Rock, those guys, they make they make comedy and stand-up comedy look easy uh, when it's anything but. And for someone who started off as a street performer, started off mainly as a ma magician, to come around to comedy, and not only come around, but to become a really, really good stand-up comedian, to find out how... How impressive it is, uh, work ethic to develop an act and develop comedy and respect laughs. Uh, and not just laughs. Uh, what I mean by that is respect quality laughs. Now, this is diving deeper than most, but th there are multiple laughs, right? There are cackles, grins, uh, all this shit. But a quality laugh is getting a guttural laugh from something that takes real a real thought behind it. Um, what hack is, is taking something that's already been proven to work uh, and just saying that to get an easy laugh. That is not a quality laugh. Talking about airplane food or farting into the mic is not a quality laugh. It still works, right? Some people like it. That's great. But a quality laugh is coming up with something original and getting that same guttural laugh out of people that uh, something easy or hacky usually develops out of people. And he really, really does and did develop something unique and something that I have not seen much, if any, really 
uh, top or be in the same level. He is one of a kind, and I uh, I enjoy him. I enjoy him very much. I I hope that I get to see him live within my life or his. He uh, I I would I would love to be the person on stage just being shit on, uh, and being introduced to his insanity. Uh, and see what it's like to be inside of his head, because I feel like that's what it's like to be one of his uh, crowd volunteers, is you're hopping inside of his mind and just being thrown around by a uh, head and limb to see uh, to see where you land. And uh, so, yeah, he's... Uh, and like I said at the beginning, this is what we're going to end on. Like I said at the beginning, he, uh, he's been having uh, health issues. He's luckily recovering... Um, back in, uh, 2014, this is the clip that we're going to play. He, uh, he had a very tender moment that I really hit me, um, where he was, uh, doing a, uh, a speech, like an audience engagement, uh, for ENT. And he, uh, he was having a, a nice, fine little conversation and admitted that he had cancer. And the doctor told him that he was not going to live more than, like, three months or something like that. And uh, he had this very coming-to-reality moment where you can feel the pain inside of him and the fear that he had to face death. Now, the miracle, what makes him even more amazing, uh, is that he has been fighting it and is still, thankfully, alive and, like I said, performing. He's doing very well. Hey guys, this is Ryan. I just wanted to uh, pipe up because uh, I'm not sure Sam's got all the information there. According to the Amazing Jonathan's website, uh, there haven't been any uh, new tour dates since 2014. And according to a uh, 2015 Las Vegas uh, Weekly article, um, he uh, while he misses performing, he doesn't have any like plans to do so. Maybe a documentary that was mentioned, but that's about it. Anyway, uh, keep enjoying the podcast. And... Um... And I, I hope that he keeps his health and uh, stays uh, stays amazing as I think he is. I, I've grown up with him and loved watching everything that he's done on Comedy Central and hope to see him live. And I hope that you guys go out and just listen to him. And if you like him, please go out and support his comedy. He is, uh, he is one of the better comedians that I, I'm afraid does not get talked about enough. Um, and I, uh, I enjoy it. I enjoy you guys. That's where we're going to end today. I thank you all very, very much for, uh, listening in as always and commenting, uh, sharing and liking. It, it means the world to me. Please come back and listen. And if you do me the favor, uh, tell a friend that, you know, is a, a, a comedy nerd, right? We, uh, we all got to pass the time during the day. Uh, for working or uh, fucking doing laundry, taking a shit. And if you uh, if you like talking comedy with one of your friends, let them know what I'm doing here because I, I only do this for us, right? We're all comedy nerds, and uh, this is a community that I'd like to build with you. So uh, please do that. Also, find me on uh, Twitter at iSamComedy, Instagram at iSamComedy. Every Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday, I update new shit for you guys. So I will see you guys back next week. I love you all to death. Thank you all very much. Uh, go out and find your own comedy. I will see you next week. Bye. I just kissed you on the mouth. You're bending over in front of me. Give me the 20.